You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to The Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about successful partnerships in business, and I'm super excited to have a very special guest with me, Michael Saka. Michael is the president of Crew and the host of Rocket Ship. He started his career by moving to L.A. and pursuing music, and after three years of waiting tables with little success, he decided to teach himself to code. He uses his coding skills to launch Tiny Factory. It's a web development agency for clients like GE and Kobe Bryant. While running his company, he started the Rocket Ship podcast and built many other apps and products. One of those products was recently acquired. He joined Crew two years ago as head of partnerships and is now taken over as president. Welcome, Michael. What else would you like to add to that introduction? That was very thorough. Thank you so much, and I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I am super excited to have you too. Um, So I want to ask you how you just rocked your sales the last half of 2016 through partnerships, since we're going to really focus on that. What, What made that so successful? Yeah, I mean, I think it was doing the combination of doing the research, right, uh, and knowing who we were targeting, and then actually taking action on that research. So I, I came in in the beginning of 2015, and we really didn't know who would be a good customer for us. So I spent a lot of that year getting out in the field, talking to people, learning about their problem, and we were really able to capitalize that in 2016 when we knew who would be a good partner for us, um, and and what they looked like so we could find a lot of them. So describe what you mean by partnership. I know sometimes when I say that, people are thinking legal paperwork and official name Mm. changes. Are you talking affiliates or just people that send you business? What does it mean to you? So so both, right? Um, So some of them are more affiliate relationships that we have set up with, with agencies, especially for crew. And some of it is more of a formal business partnership where, you know, there's some cross-promotion, there's, there's brand building involved on both sides that these companies are, are working together. And then there's also like a business relationship where we are exchanging projects um, back and forth. And so we have three different partner types essentially uh, that we focus on and, uh, and, and, once we recognized that, we were able to quickly move the discussions to a more streamlined approach. So we knew that if they were an agency that referred a lot of projects, then this is how the discussion should go, and this is what the relationship could look like on our side. Did you find that people are collaborative? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think uh, it really depends, right? So when you're looking for a good partner, you have to make sure, like, you obviously probably aren't going to partner with your direct competitors. Um, but I think finding a step or two removed where there's some mutual benefit um, is, is really the sweet spot for, for a partnership. And so 
Um, while we don't target kind of our direct competitors, uh, I mean, we try to stay friendly with them, but uh, what we do is try to find people who our business actually complements. Yeah, that's a really smart way. So you have kind of a five-point system to do that. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in, in kind of developing these relationships, I found that if I was able to answer five questions before pursuing a partnership, uh, it, would, it, it had a better chance of succeeding because uh, oftentimes partnerships are set up. They're set up quickly. Uh, but if both sides aren't on the, on the same page, it can quickly dissolve or really just be rather inefficient. Um, so the first thing that I always try to do is address what is the benefit to the partnering company. So it's really easy for us to think of what is the benefit for us, right? So when we're entering a talk, we often know what that benefit is, what can this company do for us. But I always try to hypothesize what benefit can we be to them because that's how you really form a successful partnership. And this is a hypothesis that as we have conversations, I continually change. So over time, uh, I, would, I would figure out um, what benefit to them do we provide. And if I can do that and they're looking for what benefit um, I can provide or they can provide to me, we're going to have a good partnership. Um, there's also different types of partnerships. So really early on in the conversation, I try to identify what type of partnership that I want to pursue with them. So it could be a brand partnership, which is more of, of a big blog post, maybe a, a small initiative, and it's really more to boost the brands of both companies and to say that, hey, we're working together, we're friendly, and uh, you know, maybe we have some, some crossover on customers. Um, there's a financial partnership, which is more of a referral. So we do a lot of those, and it, it's very transactional. And really the success of the partnership depends on how financially successful the relationship is for both parties. And then a business partnership, which is probably closer to those M&A discussions that you may have um, as you progress. And so um, it may be something, a deeper integration, and it, it, it could be something that simply exists as a, a business, but it could also move into more of a, a merger. Uh, situation if it goes well, and we need to be cognizant of, of what type of relationship we're really going after so that we know what success looks like on that partnership. Um, and then I always try to figure out, so the third part is how much effort will it be till we see mutual benefit. Um, oftentimes, partnerships can be a lot of work, and it's a lot of work just getting it to the table, and then it's a lot of work getting it through legal and, and through the different people that need to sign off on it. And then once it launches, um, we need to know how much effort it is going to be till we see a win. And oftentimes when there's a lot of effort or it's very complex, especially the, the first version, they, they tend to fall to the wayside and, and other more, more pressing issues internally will, will overshadow the, the effort put into this, this larger partnership. So I was trying to figure out what's the MVP of the partnership, right? What's the minimum viable product or minimum viable partnership that we can put together where we both see a win and it encourages us to keep going? Um, and then uh, we need to know how much resources this is going to cost on both ends because I think that's always very telling. Uh, telling on how, how much, uh, what's the likelihood that this will be successful. So if we know how much resources it's going to cost on our end, but we also have a really good idea of what it's going to cost on their end. We know where a lot of the snags are and where some of the barriers and the bumps are going to come up. And being aware of those will help us 
steer around them. And then finally, uh, you have to know how you're going to grow with the partnership. Uh, partnerships aren't usually instantly successful. And so they take a lot of work, and it's a nurturing a relationship over a long period of time. So you have to know, how are you going to grow? So how do both companies benefit in the long term from this? And what's the goal? So you have step one, what's step two, three, and four? Can you envision those and, and write those down? So th that's the, the basic procedure I usually take um, to, to decide whether we are going to pursue a larger partnership and whether it's going to be beneficial for us. So are these some of the topics that you cover on your podcast? Um, we've covered a bit of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably not in detail. We haven't done, done partnerships. Um, but we do cover a wide range of, of topics from like funding to productivity. So um, eventually we'll get, we'll get to, to, uh, to partnerships. But this was more what I've kind of seen the last two years at, at Crew. Very cool. Well, talk, let's share a little bit about what Crew does. Yeah, so Crew is a vetted network of designers and developers, and we help match them with vetted projects. So we, help, we work with project owners to set a budget uh, that's reasonable and market ready, and then we match them with uh, our group of vetted professionals, and we can, um, we can pretty much guarantee that the project goes successfully. 97% of our projects were completed on time and on budget, and, and we owe that largely to the, the vetting process and the quality of the network that we've built. So would you count those developers as part of your partnership? Would you include them in your definition? No. No, I, I think it's more like it, it's, a, it's a community, right? So, um, and, and while we do have kind of a partnership relationship with them, um, when I think of a partnership, it's generally between two businesses. Okay, that's good to know. So one of the things that caught my eye on your information you sent over is you are anti-productivity. And you know I love productivity. So what does <laughs> anti-productivity mean? So I am not uh, necessarily anti-being productive, um, but I do find that for me a lot of the productivity, um, I guess, initiatives don't really work. So I, I don't set a to-do list, and I, I, don't, um, I don't use like a Pomodoro. I, I really try to let my body and, um, and my mind kind of guide me throughout the day. And so I will let tasks go to the wayside if they don't show that they're important. Um, and if I forget, I assume that it probably wasn't important enough to, to, uh, to do in the first place. And I prioritize generally what I am very excited to get into or what I mentally know that I need to get done in order to get to the next phase. And I find that I am most productive when I am excited. I can be a very emotional, emotionally driven person. So when I am very excited and I have the energy to do something, that's where my best work is produced. And I find it hard to fit my productivity into um, very specific time slots in the day of when I'm going to do that great work. I, I came, I was a designer originally, so I, I come from a creative background. And I've tried to find ways that I can nurture that cre creativity throughout the day without kind of blocking my, myself into a system. So how do you keep track of stuff? Because I'm all for working with your, your flow, I guess we can call it. Like I'm mm -hmm. a morning person, so I am hitting my most challenging tasks right in the morning. 
because that's yeah. when I'm at my best. But how do you keep track of stuff? I mean, I have we have Basecamp, we have Trello, we have Slack, but I, I don't um, I don't find that you know I have places where they are, but I don't wake up and create a to-do list, right? I, I generally know what I need to get done, and uh, and if something's not done, it has weird ways of popping up into your life, um, so that you do it, and I, it, it's very organic, um, but it does it does work for me personally. I, I don't. The, our team doesn't run with, with no organization. We do have organization. But personally, I try to give myself freedom throughout the day um, because I don't find that I'm the same every day. My energy levels are not the same you know, every morning. And so sometimes I write emails in the morning, but sometimes I, I write emails at 3 in the afternoon, and I like to give myself that, that freedom um, to be able to do that work when I'm really excited about it. I like that. Yeah, because everyone needs some sort of structure just so you know what to do. I find that people that don't have any direction are on email a lot because they go to their email hoping it will tell them what to do next, <laughs> right? To do. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's true, and it's, it's a challenge. And I don't think, um, I think there's, a, there's a balance between productivity and creativity that I don't know if we've quite mastered yet. Um, because I think productivity, oftentimes it, it almost borders on us becoming machines, and it takes that human element out of our work. And I, that's the part that I really try to fight, because I think it's important to recognize how you feel, how your body feels. Um, at any given point in the day, and when I read people's schedules that they get up and they listen to a 20-minute podcast at 7.20 in the morning, and then they eat a 10-minute breakfast, and then they shower, and then they get to work, and then they do this, I, I just find it to be kind of because um, you're basically making yourself a robot um, and you're not allowing your natural rhythm to, to really come into place and we're, uh, that just seems incredibly stressful for it. I agree with that too. And that's, I mean, <laughs> I've seen people do that and it's crazy. I've, I like finding what works best for people. For example, yeah. if you are a technology person and that's how you like to run your company, then, then get Trello or something. But if you're a paper and pencil person, let's put a system in place to make you productive with paper and pencil. So, yeah, you're right. It's got to be very customized for your energy, your what you like to do. That's really cool. Very interesting. So I have a question I ask everybody on the show. If you okay. had one, one more hour in your day, so 25 hours every day, what would you do with the extra hour? <laughs> I'd, probably, I'd probably write more, honestly. I... I um, you know, now being being president, it is a lot of um, organization planning and, and larger team initiatives. And uh, I, I do miss kind of getting in and getting my thoughts down on paper. And it's something that always goes to the wayside at this point in time. And uh, I, I use podcasting as my creative outlet. Uh, but if I had another hour, I would I would probably do a little bit more. So you'd write a book or just write? Just write stories. Yeah, I miss storytelling. I try to do it a bit with the podcast, um, and I, I did it more when I, when, I, um, when I had a smaller, when I was running a smaller company and I had a bit more time. Um, but I miss, I miss storytelling. I miss kind of bringing out some of the, the human side of, of business and, uh, and uh, the economy and, and everything else, which I feel like we often miss today. 
That's true. So one of my podcast guests was Park Howell, and he has the podcast called The Business of Story. You may want to mm. check that out if you haven't met him. He's, he's a really great person, and it's pretty cool. He pulls stories into branding, so he's kind of mixed them really creatively. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, he's a good guy. So for people who would like to work more closely with you, either with partnerships or development or even listen to your podcast, how can they find you? Yeah, go to uh, rocketship.fm for the podcast. Go to crew.co for crew. Um, if you want to reach me, you can write me at michael at crew.co um, or hit me up on Twitter at Michael Soccer. Awesome. And is there anything else that you'd like to add that we didn't talk about today on the podcast? Oh, I mean, I've got plenty, but... Um, <laughs> well, we've got time we've if you want to <laughs> no, add good. something. It's no, all no, yours. No, it's what would you good. like to share? Oh, no, no, no. I don't have anything specifically. Oh. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> Not some closing uh, favorite quote or something that keeps you going, just enlighten us? Well, um, if I, my favorite leadership quote, and, and I think it's because I am in, uh, in a leadership role now, is uh, the fish rots from the head. And I think it's something that I find, you know, it's so easy to pass the blame onto everyone else. Um, the reason this doesn't work is, you know, is so-and-so's fault and this is too slow because it's so-and-so's fault. But the truth is when we're in a leadership position, it's always our responsibility. And it's something that I constantly have to remind myself of daily that um, I'm the one that, uh, that has the power to change things within our organization. If there's something I don't like, um, it's, it's better for me to take action than to simply place blame. I believe that as well. So what is it, the fish what from the head? The fish rots from the head. The fish it's rots? It's like an old Chinese proverb. Um, or the, the fish stinks from the head. It, it, it's, it's essentially that the, whatever the head of the fish is doing um, is, uh, is causing the rest of, is causing damage to the rest of the fish. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good. Well, Michael, this has been really fun taking time to uh, talk to you today in the show, hear about all the cool things going on. Listeners, my new report on the top five systems that create massive productivity in your business is available on my website. Just go to nancygaines.com to download today. And if you loved our show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes so other people can find us. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage to schedule a vip strategy day or speed consulting session with nancy connect with her on her website nancygains.com that's nancy g-a-i-n-e-s.com on twitter nancy l Gaines, and on linkedin nancy Gaines. be sure to check back on nancy's website for new episodes until next time you've been listening to the nancy Gaines show go out and gain the advantage